Enter now the age of apocalypse, sugar, with your hosts, Day Spring and Scott Free. Xavier is dead. Apocalypse reigns. This is the age of apocalypse. Welcome to Power of X-Men Apocalypse, the podcast where we review every single issue of the classic, reality-warping, high-octane, epic X-Men crossover event known as Age of Apocalypse. I am your guest co-host and a possible Summers brother, Nerd Alert Cosplay. (laughs) That's right, folks. Nerd Alert Cosplay is in the house. I am your mainstay co-host, Dayspring. And I am your other regular co-host, and what you get when Gabriel Summers takes his mood stabilizers, Mr. Scott Free. (laughs) (laughs) And folks, we have Nerd Alert on the podcast today. Nerd Alert, how are you doing? I am doing fantastic. As I was just saying, I'm getting ready for a big con coming up, so you'll probably be hearing this afterwards, but I'm going to Holmat for the first time so I can get my Christmas X-Men mashups on and uh, party it up in Orlando. Ooh, we're so excited. What, what, what are some of the looks? Um, I kind of want to keep them secret, but there oh. is a very special X-Men elf mashup. I'll leave it at that. <laughs> an what? X-Men elf mashup? Someone who should not be an elf, and you'll see why. So there we go. Well, <laughs> not Nightcrawler. There you go. Like, like Omega Red Elf? Like, okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> That sounds amazing. Oh my god, Mr. Sinister Elf. <laughs> Ooh, he would be Krampus. Come on. That would he be would be cool. Krampus. You're right. Yeah. Krampus. You're right. Well, we have Nerd Alert here to talk about chapter five of our Age of Apocalypse read, which is X-Men number 39 by Fabian Nicieza and Terry Dodson. But before we kick off our read, we do have some big X news that dropped this week or last week, whenever you guys are listening to this. And we got not one, but two promo images for upcoming X-Men stories. And the first one is Destiny of X. There's a lot going on here. It's busy, like not in a bad way, but it's busy. Yeah. So it's a group shot by Lionel Francis Yu and Sonny Go. And it shows, you know, the entire X-Men here with Destiny of X over it. And we got some new titles like Immortal X-Men, Knights of X, Legion of X, and X-Men Red. Mm. I was looking at Lionel Yu's um, Instagram and he said this was the first time he ever drew Sinister, which is hard to believe. Uh, And he said, thank God he did it on digital because that cape would have been a a pain in the butt to draw with pencils. And I thought that was so interesting. You know, the Lee Wolves and Larry Houston were talking about this with Sinister in the animate series. He was Mm -hmm. so hard to render and he would have blown all the budgets. So when you see him coming in the animate series, it's just like a still image of him coming from beyond the darkness because they couldn't they wouldn't have the time or budget to do all of the nuances in his cape. Yeah, there is uh, one scene from the animated series in the season finale where he's walking out of his cave and he's blasting everyone with his fingertips and he's mid walk. So I I could just imagine that that, how much that one scene costs because they actually did have to have him walk across like the lawn of the cave. Yeah, Sinister's there. Madeline is there. And so is Cable, which I'm really excited for. So I want a reunion with all those three. 
Yeah. Wait, I'm trying to find Madeline. Oh, there she is. I love when, when someone like Madeline commits to her eighties outfits, when it's become so impractical in today's world that they're just like, I don't care. I'm still just wearing under cleavage bikini as my outfit. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's timeless. Like it's a timeless look. Like own it. <laughs> I, right. Yes, I guess. Listen, I love Goblin Queen Madeline, but listen, this is where I'm going to go a little crazy here. I was just hoping when our good sis gets resurrected, which she did in Hellions, Mm -hmm. I was hoping that she at least would be, what's the word I'm looking for? I was hoping that she would at least not be evil anymore, that she Mm -hmm. would want to do something a bit more beyond her pain and everything so i'm just kind of worried after hellions 18 that we're going to get a repeat of madeline being angry and evil when i think some of us wanted her to be a little bit more evolved it took her one panel to go goblin queen one panel that's it that's it it was just one panel for her to just be like ah i'm evil again and it's like girl you've just been back for like three minutes can we just take a break wouldn't you think that she would have been resurrected from a time before the goblin queen possession but i guess not as security protocols right mm-hmm. being like hey this is a very dangerous person she's unleashed hell on this earth maybe we resurrect an earlier version of her help rehabilitate her and then we bring in those memories slowly i'm looking around the screen i love juggernaut has probably the most unique newest outfit which i don't know if that's his hero outfit or what why it looks like that but very cool modern design I'm loving Selma's Somnus, who was in the Marvel Pride issue, who was Dakin's lover. Mm. I love him being there. He's going to be Marauders, and we know him, Dakin, and Aurora are going to have some kind of love triangle. So he's he's there. He looks absolutely wonderful. Which one is he? He's the one oh. right above Northstar. Or not yeah. Northstar, Shatterstar, excuse me. Shatterstar, top right. Oh, uh, with a little moon. moon yeah. yeah. Cool. Uh, Kurt's Kurt, back with his beard. Mm-hmm. Um, he's bearded again. Uh, Deadpool, Deadpool's there. Kind of a surprise. <laughs> Help me. Help yeah, me. yeah. Um, I see Omega Red. You know, I'm partial to Omega Red. Storm uh, in a new look, and I think it's gonna be her X Men Red costume because I think X Men Red is for the Red Planet Mars. Uh, so they're gonna. I think it's gonna be a spiritual successor to Sword, and Al Ewing is still gonna do that book. That uh, costume is pretty contentious among the Storm fans, if we want to spill some tea right now. Yeah, spill some um, tea. Yeah. They're just saying it's not feminine enough. It's the most butch she's ever been. She's wearing, like, flats and pants and, like, I don't know. They, it's, they say it's not regal enough, but let's see what the purpose of it, kind of toning it down is. How do you I mean, top the Hellfire Gala fantastic. look? Huh? How do you top the Hellfire Gala look, though? There's still elements of the Hellfire Gala look in there, but yeah. it's been changed again, I think. Yeah, but you can't top that. Look, everyone loved her Hellfire oh. Gala look. You can't yes, top it. it. This is going to pale when compared. Right. But I think it looks good. It's very, you know, it, it it feels very practical for a superhero. And I think she looks good. Mm-hmm. I like the hip cutouts. That's probably my favorite part. She's showing a lot of upper thigh. Emma in uh, her Morrison look. Yeah, again, em- Emma's throwback. Uh, Bobby, Bobby's back with kind of the... Uh, the more classic like speedo mm-hmm. kind of look uh, and an orb <laughs> pondering the orb um <laughs> come on he's loves he fondling his balls we get it <laughs> yeah. Yum. Uh, I, I also uh, thought the, the placement of forge uh was really interesting 
uh, right behind Xavier and um, Magneto, which was pretty prominent positioning for and next to his ex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, With Destiny all the way in the upper left. Yeah, that's interesting. Next to Blindfold, who we know they may be related following Necrotia. Oh. Not mother and daughter, but close enough in the family line in order for Destiny to have made contact with her in Necrotia. Interesting. And yeah. also another precognitive brought back to life. Yeah. And she's going to be a, a, what, a legionnaire, legionnaire, whatever, oh. the, the spark, which is going to be the Legion of X book. Right. Now we'll call it. It's going to be the Legion of X. That's going to be the Sy Spurrier book. They're going to go after the spark. I'm still confused about what the spark is, but whatever. We'll do I wonder it. where these uh, Excalibur folks are going to come going to be because I see that Gambit is still in his Dungeons and Dragons look. So is Richter. And so is, uh, we still got Captain Britain, Betsy. Knights of X. Knights of X. Knights of X. Yeah. Oh, Knights of X, of course, of course. Knights of X. And I think X Force is going to remain the same. Marauders, you know, we know what's going on there. And Immortal X-Men, that's the Gearing Killian book. That one I'm really excited for. Yeah, everyone's so excited for that. And it was rumored he was going to be coming back. And everyone thought he was going to do a sinister, a sinister title. So they they need to capitalize on that. He needs to stick around. Yeah, he really does. And new mutants. I mean, we can assume Vita, they're still going to remain on there. I hope Rod Rice is still the artist for that. Mm Mm-hmm. Wolverine following 10 lives and 10 deaths or X lives and X deaths of Wolverine. Let's see where he lands. Yeah. And uh, you can't forget the Sabretooth mini possibly. I don't know if it's a mini series or full series, but um, that's, that's starting to, but that promo forgot it. <laughs> no, he's the not. Promo. No, he is <laughs> the not. promo totally forgot it. That book is DOA. Like <laughs> no one wants to read that. Sadly. I'm just joking. Uh, we'll read it all right so our next image is of course from immortal x-men and it's all of them at the dining table like a last supper style so good so many juicy things here go tell us tell us your thoughts oh i just well i just love seeing sinister and sitting next to exodus and i want to know what death is doing all up in that mix between the two of them um I think the biggest news is seeing Cyclops visor and glasses on the floor and he's not in the picture. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I mostly saw something or someone flying to Mars in the background. And I want to know like that's, is that just how the portal works? But I, yeah, I, I thought it was like, at first I was talking about this with the ex-wife. I thought maybe it was a geyser that's just hmm. like shooting out of Mars, but I agree. That looks like, you know, like how Captain Marvel can like go through space, you know, like that's yeah. what it looks like. Like a whoosh, yeah. exactly what you just said, like a whoosh. Right. I see it traveling to Mars, not like it's spooting something out. Yeah. Yeah. So Cyclops's visor and jeans, you know, face mask on the floor. Yeah. I think we're going to get new looks for the characters. Yeah. We've already kind of seen that Jean is going to be in her Hellfire Gala outfit for... Mm. For it was in a preview for something. I'm forgetting what it was called. It was one. Is it like Devil's Reign? I think it's Devil's Reign, where we mm-hmm. saw like Gene in that. And Cyclops, he's not on the cover of some of the solicitations for X Men. Instead, we have Captain Krakoa on the cover. So is Cyclops <laughs> going to be Captain Krakoa? And this is our first I'll confirmation for it. I'll take it. Yeah. Um, as, as a Cyclops cosplayer, I cannot financially. <laughs> support uh craft captain krakoa but um 
no, I, I, I think that's probably the, the implication since the team hasn't changed and yet Scott is not present on like any other uh, promos. So yeah. yeah, he's, he's probably Captain Krakoa. Um, although Mystique holding a pair of eyeballs uh, kind of freaked me out a little bit. Uh, <laughs> going, going, going with the Smith, the visor. Um, oh no. So do you think she's going to kill Cyclops, steal his eyes, and he's not going to be able to be resurrected? Oh, God. Uh, no, I mean, I, I, I think that's, even for, uh, even for Raven, that's, that's a lot. But uh, we'll see. Yeah. Do we know who that sparkly cloaked figure is on the left behind Colossus? Is? Um, they're on the, uh, the Arakoan Council, and okay. I am blanking on the name right now. Okay, so all yeah. these figures in the background are. Yeah, they they they're they're from Araco. I asked on Instagram because I was like, "Who this?" and I got a lot of DMs, very polite DMs, saying that they were in planet-sized X-Men. So okay. we've seen them before. Um, Sinister is in the place of Judas, or Judas is. So what are we going to see there? And it looks like he has a close relationship with Death. Here's the thing with Death: we know in the Jane Foster Valkyrie series there was something up with Death, and it was implied that Krakoa was the culprit for it. So I oh, wonder, because they're cheating death. Yeah. Cause they're cheating death. So is death holding, you know, the sand, you know, the, the clock because their time is up very soon or. Oh wow. And sinister's holding a little coffin. I didn't see that the first time. Yeah. Yeah. I love the crown of fire. Very um, hellboy. Well, Exodus. it's very also Holy spirit. Like is Exodus going to be, you know, more of a spiritual leader now. That's yeah. very like the Pentecost. Um, if we're going with the religious symbols and now where Jesus would be, it's an empty chair with the Phoenix emblem, but it. also Magneto's helmet and also yeah. Magneto's helmet. That's true. Oh my so God. Much. Do you think Magneto's going to get the Phoenix? Oh, it would <laughs> make up for, uh, the Phoenix five, not having a minute, which it was a crime that he wasn't part of the Phoenix five. Um, and let's see what else. So ex-wife also pointed out that if you look at like the branches on the background, certain names and words are carved into it. Wow. So like, if you look at the branch on the right, just right above Raven's hand, it says Aurora. And then on another branch behind Colossus, it says Exodus. Oh yeah. Yeah. So a lot, a lot going on here. Let's yeah. see. Um, I know I, I'm such a stickler for like sinister fashion choices. It looks like he traded in the red gloves for a red collar, which is not normal canon for him. So he keeps altering little pieces of his costume to define his heiress. Yeah, it's I, I, I'm definitely I'm, I'm excited for this. I'm, I'm curious to see where Sinister is going to go, especially after Hellions 18. Yeah, you know. It looks like they're going to want to deal with Sinister directly. Yeah. Emma wants to deal with Sinister. So it they looks like Emma and Sinister are in conflict. And it actually looks like some side, like ha- like Shaw, Kate, and Emma are against the other side of the table. Yeah. Yep. So I'm curious to see where this is going to go. And it's funny to see Professor X kind of off to the side, like no longer as important. Oh, and in the Immortal X-Men, or excuse me, in the Destiny of X promo, Xavier was back in his chair. So let's see. And Storm here is wearing the Hellfire Gala outfit. But I think that's an editorial just like miscommunication before. I don't, and we know with mutant fashion, they can like wake up every morning and like change their look, you know? So, I mean, the biggest thing we have to mention is uh, 
underneath the table, I know Demanda would appreciate this, that Emma is wearing her her boot uh, boot covers with this white look. Yeah, she is. And she and, and the buttons on her vest are purple as well. <laughs> yeah. There, there was a lot of debate online about that. Like, are those Emma's feet? Is it someone else's? You know, but I, I think the fact that it matches the color of the buttons, those are Emma's boot covers. I yeah, but then there's another that. white foot there that doesn't match anyone's. Isn't it not Shaw's? Wouldn't it be Shaw's? Oh, see, I thought the brown cowboy boots with the white covers were Emma's. Oh, no, I'm talking about the purple ones there, no, like in front no, of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lots yeah. of fashion. It's a fashion. Listen, fashion. let's just see. I'm always quick to like blame like editorial mistake before, you know, overreading something. Especially on covers. Like yeah. covers never get it right. Yeah. I find, you know, I mean, obviously the Last Supper imagery, um, particularly like I think Colossus standing there very defiantly and staring. I mean, to me, it looks like he's staring at destiny. Um, but, you know, we really haven't seen a lot of Colossus since Inferno when he was uh, Inferno 2, is it, where he ends up on the council. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what happens to him since I just double checked and he's in the position that in the last supper St. Bartholomew's in who is most famous for being skinned alive. So, um, (laughs) poor, poor Peter. Um, can he be skinned alive when he's in metallic form though? (laughs) Uh, and if so, (laughs) so that's why he's not there. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, beyond, Beyond that, you know, um, it will certainly be interesting. Uh, Exodus is very much giving off sort of judgmental, uh, either devil or archangel vibes. And uh, that's a character I think has been wildly underused so far. Um, So it'll be good to actually see him get some action. Yeah. Yep. Yep. He needs a personality. He needs a role. And it's about time. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. Man. I want to see where he's going to go with this and let's see where everyone it lands here. I think this image, I think the problem with the, an image like this, the storylines are all going to be new. And, you know, I don't think destiny of X and immortal X-Men is necessarily going to build on what we were seeing previously. I think they're going to have a fresh start here. So let's see where things go, but I'm excited guys. I had to be honest with you. I was feeling a little stagnant with the X books, this has reignited my passion for it. So, same, same. so I mean, I'm I still excited. had my favorite books, but I felt like overall it was slowing down. Yeah. So yeah. there, let's see where it goes. But speaking of not slowing down before we get into more X-Men and Age of Apocalypse talk, oh. Oh. Um, a little movie's coming out this week. Oh, um, No Way Home. You guys heard of it? Spider-Man No Way Home? <laughs> I'm very excited, but um, I've, you've caught me on a weird day because I was supposed to go to the premiere. This is some inside inside tea. And they canceled all the plus ones to the Hollywood event uh, to limit spoilers. Um, my industry friend who did go said that, you know, lots of NDAs, everyone's phone got taken um, and packaged, you know, backstage. Um, and he just told me when he came out, he's like, I can see exactly why. So very exciting, uh, to see what, the, you know, all the spoilers will be. Yeah. Michelle, um, Waffle Dero went to the premiere she looked 
fabulous. She took me to the Hawkeye premiere and they did exactly that. They take your phone, everything. And, you know, I didn't have to sign an NDA, but I can imagine for Spider-Man where there's going to be a lot of spoilers. They're like NDA the fuck out of this. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Do you guys have your tickets? That's the thing too. Now I'm going to Orlando. So I need to find time to see it there. So it means I don't have my tickets yet. You have to wrangle a bunch of it in Disney world. Yeah. Oh, I would love to do that. The downtown Disney cinema. I don't know if it's still open or you can go to the universal cinema as well. Okay. That's a good, I thank you. I'm going to get my tickets right after this. Hopefully I can find it sometime over the weekend to go. Oh my God. And if you have time, go to islands of adventure and ride the Spider-Man ride. Oh, there you go. And I'm actually bringing a Spider-Man costume. I've never worn to a con before to home at. Ooh, look go. at that. <laughs> Scott, when are you seeing it? Uh, I am probably the worst Spider-Man cosplayer because I don't have tickets yet. Um, but we can just edit that bit out. So <laughs> come after me. Do you um, care about spoilers, Scott? Do you get mad no, when things are spoiled? Okay. Not at all. Those two things uh, go hand in hand then. I hate spoilers. Yeah. So I'm usually there Wednesday night, if possible, Thursday, early first show. I, I'm, I'm like, I'm past the point of my life where I'm going at like midnight to see like a Marvel movie because I will fall asleep. Um, but no, I, yeah, like I'm, I'm excited for it. Uh, I want to see like Toby if he's in it. Um, and you know, all that, uh, relive my childhood. So it'll be great. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see where it goes. I'm excited for it. I've never been wild about the Spider-Man movies. I just rewatched all of them in anticipation of no way home. I, I don't think they've aged as well <laughs> as some of the as, as some other older superhero movies, but mm. I like I like Andrew Garfield quite a bit. I, Toby Maguire was never sold on him, but I would like to see him come back. I do feel some kind of rapport with his interpretation of Peter Parker. So yeah. let's see. And Grace Randolph posted her non-spoiler review. She's got no chill. She She's got those reviews up as soon as possible at like I, three in I, the morning. So I do not watch Grace Randolph's um, reviews ever beforehand because I, I she will be in my head the entire time in the movie. Um, but literally on the drive home from the theater, it's the first thing I do is put her on. So Age of Apocalypse talk. Jason, you are our first guest. Ooh, yes. To, that we're going to be talking about an issue with. And how's, how nice is that, Mr. Scoffrey? And we have company tonight. I mean, you start off with the best. Oh. <laughs> I mean, this is the clan Ascani crew, as you know. So, yes, we're keeping it in the family. We're keeping it in the family. We miss Demanda, but I think Demanda is going to be popping up very soon. Can't wait. And Jason, we, we our first question for you is, which is your favorite AOA look? Uh, so, um, I think the first answer I could think of was Magneto. Cause I remember just many things. So it's, it's the blacked out shadowed face. It's the, the ponytails. Mm-hmm. Um, and he just looked like an anime character. And I just thought that was such an amazing upgrade for his look, uh, which was more like subdued and military-esque. And then now it became all fanciful and like post-apocalyptic. So I definitely would think Magneto is so striking to me um, in his age of apocalypse look. And I love it too, because it reminds me so much of Joseph and I am such a Joseph Stan Mm -hmm. myself. I think my favorite AOA look is probably Rogue. 
I, I like oh, yeah. Rogue's look quite a bit. I mean, out of all the previously established characters, because, you know, I can rant about Nate Gray and and I do like Blink, but and I guess Blink is technically pre-established, but hardcore X-Men, I think the best look for me is Rogue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you couldn't tell from like how my my look on like all of our promo imagery is a mashup of um, AOA North Star and AOA uh, Kurt. Uh, hmm. Those are my two favorite looks. Um, Kurt, just because it's like, it's the 90s, like armor and like, you know, the. Um, like I the call mace. it the Crimson Dawn thing. Yeah, or whatever the it Crimson is. Dawn, like scar tattoo. And then with like North Star, it's like, you know, after all those years of like the white and the black, like Star of the North, I don't know what I'm doing with my hands, but um, <laughs> like, just that, like the black leather look, and it was just big change, and I loved it. Interesting, because those are two characters that I would not consider kind of front and center when you think of most of the AOA imagery. So good choices. No. Um, so on that note, what's your least favorite AOA look? Oh, um, am I going to say Storm maybe just because they chopped her hair off? Yeah, that's even even a, a further turn of, of of the screw there. She just doesn't have a presence. Yeah, or storm. You know, regardless of the haircut, she doesn't look good. It, it's just kind of bland. She kind of fades into the background. And storm isn't a character who should fade into the background. Yeah. She should have looked like um, Tina Turner from uh, Thunderdome. Like that. <sighs> she should have. Yes. Hold up, I'm googling that. <laughs> <laughs> Hold please. <laughs> Thunder Dome, Tina Turner, man. You type in Tina Turner. Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh my God. She looks absolutely iconic. Those earrings and that um, the hair, the hair, and like a mini crossbow. The, <laughs> yes. What do you call the 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 chain link armor? Is that what it's called? Yeah, chainmail. Chainmail. <laughs> like the chain link, chainmail yeah. armor. She looks great. Yeah. Scott, I don't think I know this answer for you. Who's your least favorite look? Uh, out of all the AOA characters. I'm going to go deep, deeper cut here again. Daredevil. Daredevil is one of Apocalypse's uh, enforcers, and it is, he's, he's bald, he's got this, like, metallic visor thing, and it is just, it is by far the worst, like, Matt Murdock look across the multiverse. Pobrecito, Matt Murdock. I can't think of it off the top of my head. Hang on. I'm also Google. Kind of looks like Phoenix Five armor, like Cyclops's Phoenix Five armor from the neck down. Yeah, Age of Apocalypse. Oh yeah, it does. Is he bald? He's he's bald. Um, He apparently counts as a mutant in this reality. So it's like the shoulder pads, I think. Just the shoulder pads. It's definitely it's. It's Wolverine Origins Deadpool meets Phoenix Five Cyclops. That's my yeah. read on this look right here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's yours? Yeah, it's it's. I'm gonna agree with Storm, but I think since Jason already said that, I I, I want to try to pick another one. It's kind of hard. I'm looking at all of the Marvel Legends to see if there's one in particular I can just get off the top of my head. No, I mean I think Storm. I'm I'm really gonna go with Storm because I do think Storm deserved better. And that's, and I think if we got her in a Legends figure, I'm still going to love it. 
But yeah. I just think her and like Quicksilver probably had the blandest costumes. They didn't really pop on page on the page. And I'm going to say that in general for like the Amazing X-Men book. I just picked up some of the gold trades back home that mm-hmm. I had. And I was just flipping really quickly through and Amazing X-Men. I'm like, I don't really remember what this book did. And I've read Age of Apocalypse like two, three times. Yeah. And I can't remember the Amazing X-Men team. So I'm going to give it, sorry, Quicksilver and, and Storm. I'm going to say, I think Dazzler is underrated just as a sidebar. Dazzler with her Siggy is iconic. I want to make sure like when Demanda comes on, we get her do like Dazzler with her Siggy. Yeah. Um, so is there an AOA look you would cosplay? And that's a question for both of you, actually. Oh, I would, I would cosplay AOA Magneto in a second. Oh uh, Cause it's giving me onslaught vibes. Like he is very onslaught. Um, but I would, it's a easy answer, but I would definitely do AOA sinister as well with like the dreads and the braids and the beads in his hair. That oh. would be a fun look. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I have an aesthetic uh, and they both match yeah. my preferred aesthetic. And Scott, you technically have cosplayed an AOA character because you yeah, were I, Uncanny X-Force Nightcrawler, which is AOA Nightcrawler. AOA Nightcrawler. Yeah, I, I feel like I, I get by on that technicality. Um, I I do probably the classic AOA Kurt, um, just with like the the armor and everything just the like full 90s um i would not do aoa cyclops just because big wig and that's that's a lot uh havoc maybe maybe havoc that's a pretty simple one it's mostly a black black bodysuit with a little bit of armor well, you have to spray paint your hair blonde hmm. uh, i mean next next mental breakdown I, mean. <laughs> I was gonna say you're gonna be a twink in a crisis <laughs> <laughs> line it up and so, like, you, you collect Marvel Legends stuff. Both of you do. What's your favorite AOA Marvel legend? Uh, we should have done a whole episode just on that wave because it's so good. Like, we did a mini episode, right? Yeah. Well, we're going we're we're to be doing... We're doing an Age of Apocalypse Marvel Legends episode. Yeah. And, of course, you're going to be on it. I love a big chunky ep- um big chunky figure excuse me um so oh, wait, you like a big chunky one again sorry <laughs> colossus is a fantastic build a figure uh, but i think that's cheating just because he's so well done he's so big and like well sculpted um but i think uh oh this is this was going to be kind of a weird one because especially with with paul on the line here but i love dark beast i think dark beast is such no i love dark beast it's hank mccoy 616 hank mccoy (laughs) that i think is the worst and just wait till i get into him in this issue but dark beast i would be i was so happy in onslaught when dark beast took over by the way in in a house full of psychics we have betsy and gene who can read everyone they're like meh it's fine. We'll just yeah. pretend it's Hank. Like, yeah. Anything's got to be better than that sociopath from 616. <laughs> um, I do want to say, unfortunately, Cyclops is the worst AOA Marvel Legends figure. And I had to heavily modify it just to make it um, somewhat redeemable. They they really dropped the ball on him. And I'm upset about that. Yeah. But if you've seen my Instagram, you know what I did to him. And he looks fairly better. So that's it. Yeah. I don't think he's that terrible but he's not he's he's not as terrible as like the hellcat marvel legends figure that we got a couple years ago (laughs) and some like awful figures we got but he's definitely 
he's definitely like the runt of the wave. I hope it's the official retiring of that Bucky cat mold for Cyclops and that they give him the new Vulcan body going forward. Uh, please. Oh, please. The next figure needs to be that. I'm so sick and tired of hearing reviewers being like, and you know, the Bucky cat mold. It's yep. like, I just, I can't with that anymore. And the tiny feet. It's just, ugh. you know, there are two of them that I'm disappointed in. I think blink just because it's exiles blink. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything wrong with the figure itself, but it's, it is technically her exiles uh, look. Yep. And, you know, I think Nate Gray could have been better. Yeah. Cause Nate Gray had that body mold too. You know, I gave him new legs yeah, and uh, new feet and uh, it's, and he's shorter, which is better. Cause he's supposed to be a teenager. So yes, my, he's my supposed looks, to be an I angry, like he's supposed to be an angry twink, but he also looks like an old man. Like his face is very aged um, well, because it's that like art fresh faced. It's the art from, from that era where it was very, his, his, his book is very stylized. It's like wrinkly faces there. It's like hard shadows and hard lines, but I think that they could have translated. I don't know. He looks older than Cyclops for some reason. And the Iceman one, as well as it, 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 it's a little disappointing. It's the uncanny X-Force. Iceman. We know you like the writer strong hair. It has to be the writer strong hair. I don't know how hard it is to get that. The, The one that gets tossed in the furnace. (laughs) <laughs> yeah yes it's it's exactly that 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 aoa look which is technically him it really it, it but it's just not the 90s version that these are all yeah, based yeah. off of i'm yeah. gonna give um holocaust a shout out as the best figure it was a build a figure a long time ago back in the early count that? okay yeah I'm, i hope that we I get like anyone him. i mean he's small and he's breaking but i like how he pops there so i'll give it if you have one do you know how special that is is it really? It is probably in the top three hardest to find X-Men figures ever. Really? I thought number one was Blob from that era as well. It is. It oh, is. really? Blob, yep. yeah. And I have Blob There's, somewhere in the closet. And probably the There's booty. your retirement funds. I know. <laughs> well, $300. If is if is uh, you told me his his hatch on his head is broken like most people's are, so yeah, for the ones that don't have the broken hatch. My bueno, que pena. Que pena. <laughs> All right. So our last AOA question for you, Nerd Alert. Your favorite Age of Apocalypse book? Oh, uh, you. I mean, again, I hate to be so predictable, but I thought that Factor X was just the coolest concept in the world. Like, I, I love seeing Sinister run a team, and I love seeing the the Summers brothers together serving him. It's such like a fantasy fulfillment, not in like a sexual way, but like such a cool <laughs> concept. Did you? I don't know if you've ever read the the What If Mister Sinister led the x-men no i haven't read it, that the cover oh. alone is so cool everyone has kind of mr sinisterized costumes um and cyclops is serving on his team then and i was like i remember reading that one issue and being like that would be so cool if that was real and i think age of apocalypse made it kind of real oh i've seen the cover before and like madeline's on it here as yeah. well. or maybe that's gene and saber and cyclops kind of looks like an acolyte yeah i'm seeing it here yeah, I don't think I've read it. I've seen I've I've seen the the images, of yep. course. But I, I mean, read yeah. it. I believe it is Goblin Queen. She looks amazing. Yeah, you haven't read it, Scott? No, have not. I really wish like Comicsology and Marvel Unlimited would release a lot of the what if issues because there is one of what if Strife killed all the X Men and it was like an yep. alternate ending to Executioner song yep. and that ending where Cable's like, blast you, Xavier. I never believed in your dreams or morals, but you did. And so did my parents. And then he forms like this new X-Men team. And like, they all have like 
red outfits and it's such a great image and i've looked for it online cannot find it looked for the issue at home can't find that issue and i'm too lazy to order it off of ebay so i have that issue yeah you do can you take can you take a photo of that spread for me yeah and it's it's one of the few issues i brought with me to la because i basically just saw that because that is another amazing cover as well so. it's and it's an amazing story as well and and gene and cyclops die in it and you know it cable is left with the X-Men having to form it. It was, yeah. and I read it when I was like eight, you know, and I was like so confused by it. Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah. All right. So we're going to ask you some salty questions oh. right now. Ready. Cause you're clan Scani and we need to be salty as fuck when we're all <laughs> together. My first question for you, nerd alert is who do you think is the most overrated X-Men? I'm, I'm going to answer in a slightly different way because everyone knows, and I've answered this question before that Wolverine is the most overrated. So what I want to say instead is what is a character that everyone around me loves? And I just, I just never put him in my top. Like I agree, but I, and I'm, and if, I don't know if my friend Joe or my friend Scott's going to listen to this, my other friend Scott, but they're going to be very mad. I think Storm and Rogue are absolutely outstanding characters, but I just have no connection to them. I never put them in my top five or top 10, um, but I can't deny how amazing they are. They just do nothing for me. I'm honestly shocked by that answer. Like, li- especially uh, those two, you know? know, I'm used, I'm used to hearing the gene is overrated, but I'm not used to Storm and Rogue because people Rogue tends to be a lot of people's fan favorites yep. and Storm for a lot of people just resonates because how regal and amazing she is. And I, I mean, I, and I get it. I just, I, I like don't know a share. I, I think there's a lot of other characters that I, I don't know. I yeah. said, my, my top list is for, for women is um, Psylocke and Emma magic. Um, and then I get into some villains, but yeah. So those are like my top. I don't know. Scott, so, who's your most moderated X-Man? Overrated is definitely Logan. He's in everything. Yeah. Um, you know, like if that's your thing, great. But I can take him or leave him. Yeah. I want to clarify because I'm going to get so many angry Storm fans. I think Storm is <laughs> deserving of being everyone's favorite. She's just not my favorite. Or anywhere, <laughs> or anywhere near my favorite. She's yeah, deserving yeah. of those accolades, though. But Storm doesn't get good plots, though. This is something no. we've, we've spoken about this with the Lee Walds, Scott. And yeah. we've seen this in, in other adaptations. They don't give Storm the A plot. I mean, they may no. put her front and center in the movies because it's Holly Berry playing playing her. But she's really just there to lead and, and be iconic. She doesn't have an actual big A plot there, like, like Jean or Wolverine. So I think Storm definitely needs that. And look, there are moments from Storm's history that I love. I love her miniseries, that first miniseries where she cuts her hair uh, with the lopsided bob. I think it was, I thought it was great when I was reading it. However, as an adult, I know that story does not have longevity and carry through and stands out as something like the Dark Phoenix saga. So, you know, I think Storm was really great in the 80s. I think in the 90s, she was iconic. She looked great, but I think she needs a stronger story in order to like have that grasp with people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like, she's awesome almost just by image and like reputation, but it doesn't always translate to her storylines. Do you know who I think is absolutely overrated? Kitty pride. 
Oh, wow. I am not afraid to say this. I'm going to say this to Marvel right now. Stop making Kitty Pride happen. I feel like every few years, Kitty Pride gets a reboot. She is an ingenue. She's the head of the Xavier Institute, or she's going to get married and she goes off into space and she's engaged to a Peter. You know, I, I think she's all over the place. And I feel like her characterization is at the whim of whatever that writer wants her to be, as opposed to having a set character that people draw from. And a lot, someone said this to me and I'm forgetting who it was, but they said like Kitty Pride was the character for a lot of these writers um, who, who was like the new character and they want to sort of put their stamp on her. Yeah. You know, she was uh, a lot of people's favorites. I think Chris Claremont loved her. I think the Excalibur writers loved her. I think Joss Whedon was like, that was his muse when he, when he yeah, put her on. That was his Buffy Summers. Buffy Summers, right. So and I love I, that ingenuity. She's shoved down our throats because the authors are always so behind her. She, she, she's in space. She's a pirate. She's a college graduate. She's the headmistress of the Xavier Institute. I mean, she, she's a 14-year-old girl. She's off to college. She's a dropout. She has short hair. She has long hair. I just can't keep up with it. I just, <laughs> I just can't. She's all over the place. She hates Emma. She loves Emma. I just need her to be consistent. Yeah. And I think, by the way, I think following Marauders, we are going to have her be consistent. So I just want her to stick like that. Um, Although Kate is much better than Kitty ever was. So I'm yeah. a fan of Kate starting to be a fan of Kate. I always hated Kitty. My, I, I will say overrated and I, I will get some flack for this cable um, <laughs> cable. And, and it, it's just like, Oh, you know, he's come from the future to save the past from the future. And, you know, he's got the gun arms and like, I, I love cable when he's like, nuanced like um you know when he was was protecting hope and all that it was great when he's like the rob sort of lee felt like i've got pouches inside my pouches and like <laughs> i'm extreme and he's like kicking in doors and like you know uh, uh, no 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 too much too much well the thing with cable his history is all over the place and I don't know, okay, were we talking about it, Scott? Where I was like, so he comes from the future to stop apocalypse, but then he's actually coming to the future to find hope. And then his future self, who was actually his teenage self, comes back to the past, murders him, has a relationship with Sophie, gets married to her in the future. What happens to Jen Scott in this situation? I don't, it's so convoluted. Don't forget, his very first mission was he only traveled back in time to find Cannonball because he was the next Eternal and he had to come and protect it. Yes, and then you're absolutely quickly right. quickly forgot about that, moved on to Apocalypse, then moved on to Hope, then moved on to Strife. It's like his purpose was ever changing. Yeah, so I just need some consistency with Cable. I don't think he's overrated. I just need like consistency. That's all I asked for. I get the overratedness. He's he's one of my favorite characters of all time. I love a time travel story. I love a chosen one story. He's kind of both. Um, I love a long lost son story. Like there's so many there's so many things I love about it. But in the '90s, he he really was kind of the obnoxious it character of the extreme era. And I can see why people were kind of like, "We're done with this," because he didn't have yeah. a lot of substance back then. He, he's yeah. he's also he's also like sort of Deadpool's 
main entrance into like the x-men beyond you know some of the stuff of like wolverine and it's like that also can rub some people the wrong way he was uh, he was responsible for that yeah that's it I, I get it so this is very important uh we need you to rank the summers brothers from hottest to least hottest yes you, welcome you you can include adam x in this just because it's an adam x uh centric of course can I include Eric Thread? <laughs> well, I, I'm, I have some questions about Eric Thread. Okay. Well, <laughs> actually, in this, in this very issue. So, in this very issue. Um, I mean, uh, Scott is my husband to the day I die. I will always put him up first. Um, then I will put my, my handsome blondie, um, Alex, second. I thought you were going to say Adam. <laughs> no, I think Adam has this kind of fun bad boy look i'm gonna put him as third and unfortunately that leaves vulcan last which i just think he's kind of bland like there's nothing that stands out from him if you want a handsome brown uh, brown haired summers brother you go for you go for scott <laughs> i respect that i respect that what about you scott rank them um i mean you know it's 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 tough for me um you know as, as somebody who cosplays both Scott Summers and Gabriel Summers, I mean, I got to do like a close, like one and two, where they're almost both like like one. I sure, mean, Scott, sure. Scott, there's like the decades of, you know, history and character development. Uh, and with Vulcan, there's, you know, like, hey, he overthrew a government and then took it over and then was like, now he's just like chilling on the moon, drinking margaritas. He's he's the fun, like dangerous uncle. Um, and then you know, uh Alex, um, he's sad. Like, I don't need that. He's and, been so sad since Axis. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and he's but he's like sad and not in like a fun way. I feel like they they really haven't known what to do with um Alex since then. And then last, I mean Adam X, um Sorry, but just like gotta put him, gotta put him at the bottom. I can't Not believe you. Get it? I cannot believe you. First of all, how dare you? Second <laughs> of all, I mean, listen, my my top is gonna be. I love a chaotic bottom, so Cyclops is number one for me. <laughs> <laughs> number two would definitely be Adam X. Number two is definitely Adam X, followed by Gabriel, because I do like. I think Gabriel's sexy. And then last is going to be Havoc. And it's because, like, Havoc, when he was, like, with Dark Beast and then he got transported into the Mutant X universe, I was like, yes, give me that damaged queen. Like, I liked him there. The black with the red, like, straps and the blonde coming through the, the, yeah. the, the helmet. I thought he looked really great then. But these days, I just seem so... And it's not the fun kind of sad, like you said, but again, sad. Mm-hmm. And... I don't know. It's like, I want my character to pop a little bit. I want some introspection. So gotcha. put it there. So Cyclops rules supreme across Cyclops the right there. Yeah. Tens, boy, tens, Cyclops. tens across the board. <laughs> That's my boy. Okay. Our final salty question. Do you think the Krakoan age can survive without Jonathan Hickman? So I, the answer there is I think he's coming back. Maybe he's just taking a break. Oh, but I think I think at least for a while he's set. 
he set up so many stories that I think can continue to be interesting for other writers to move forward with. Um, so my answer is yes, for a while. I think it will eventually become stale. Um, but he, he did some great groundwork and that'll keep the books going. I agree. I don't, first of all, like, I think the rumors are, are circulating pretty big now that he will be back. And Inferno is a middle of the road story and, and will be treated as such. And I mean, it's just going to be a sexy title, like two, three years from now when they're like, Jonathan Hickman returns to the X-Men to finish what he started. That's what it's going to be. There's no way Inferno. I, I, I happen to really like Inferno, but these first three issues have just been very middle of the road story to me. There's nothing about this. I'm screaming, oh, this is a definitive end. You know, like when you read Planet X for Grant Morrison, that is an ending, you know? And then you get your epilogue with Here Comes Tomorrow. I, this just feels very middle of the road. Yeah, not the end of a chapter. What about you, Scott? Do you think Do you think the book's no, been survived without him? I, I agree. I don't think he's gone um, permanently. I think this is going to be a... a break and then he comes back uh but you know he's laid the groundwork and you know the writing by the other writers has been really solid and i think it could continue with his his framework until he comes back yeah some of my favorite stuff was even written by him like hellions was by far the standout and that wasn't anything about him yeah hellions i i'm I'm surprised that Zeb Wells, I mean, he's doing Spider-Man Beyond, but I'm just curious if they're going to have him come back in any way, shape or form, because Hellions is a fan favorite book and they tend to notice that. I don't know what the sales have been like with Hellions, but the the book has been well received. So Mm -hmm. I'm curious why he wouldn't come back. When we spoke to Zeb back in like March, I mean... It sounded like he's always had like an open invitation to come to the X office. It's just been more of what he's wanted to do in his schedule. So So we are reading X-Men number 39 called Birds of a Feather by Fabian Nicieza and Terry Dodson. And to give a quick summary, Philip Summers wants to relive his glory days of being a pilot, but his plane goes down because he's gasped going blind. And as fate would have it, the mysterious 90s icon with backwards hat and Fabio hair named Adam X, a.k.a. Extreme, happens to be by his crash site and pulls Philip out of the burning craft. Meanwhile, Hank Blabbermouth McCoy is spilling the deets on all the ravenous romances going around the expansion lately to Gene. But because Hank is incapable of possessing a shred of empathy, doesn't realize that Gene isn't listening to him because she's still reeling from the death of her sister, Sarah. Cyclops interrupts this horrible interaction to say his grandfather is missing. And then meanwhile, Adam and Philip are talking about traveling throughout space and how lonely it is unless you have family. Philip isn't shocked to hear that Adam is an alien because he's recently reunited with his son and grandchildren. So nothing surprises him anymore. In the middle of the desert, Legion sets into motion his plan to set the world right after having yet another vision from destiny. And in New Orleans, Belladonna is rising as the Thieves Guild leader, and she swears vengeance against our favorite raging Cajun Gambit. Eventually, Philip is rescued and brought to the hospital where we discover his eyesight is indeed gone and Jean's sensing a presence that she hasn't sensed before telepathically goes to Adam X and finds out that he was the one who saved Philip 
and he wishes to show Philip what it's like to journey through space. And she telepathically links them. And the issue ends with Adam X saying that Philip gave him hope and Jean telling Scott, everything's going to be great. And someone is watching them on a monitor and someone else is watching that someone else watching them on a monitor of their own. And boom, there we are. Yeah. I mean, I would almost call this like a, a very capsulized issue. You know, it's pretty contained in a small amount of time and not a lot of action, mostly done in voiceover. So it's an interesting issue to look at in terms of uh, um, like the flow of the story. I don't, I can't remember. It's funny back in the day when they used to interject like a two page story of something completely different, like the Belladonna stuff made no sense to me. Um, I know it was maybe building something going forward, but when you read it as a single issue, you're like, why did we just cut from the action to this? Well, so they love doing that. We've been reading the lead up to Legion Quest and they love doing like interludes. Mm -hmm. And one of the interludes was Adam X in search of the Black Womb Project, which had uh, Charles's father, uh, Juggernaut's father, Mr. Sinister and Destiny. And they were experimenting on mutant babies. So when I saw that Adam X was on this, I remember in our episode that we were talking about it, Scott, I was like, oh, this plot line never gets followed up on. I was like, oh, shit, I lied. I'm going to have to like eat my words now. But no, they really don't even touch upon it here. He's just wandering the Canadian wilderness for nebulous reasons i don't yeah. know where he is in in relation i i've been reading the original x4 so i don't know where he's supposed to be in this in relation here but um he just happens to be by the crash site and okay sure i want to say i do like the issue quite a bit and i was prepared to come like read it to filth because scott and i were talking about like we can lean into being a little salty if we wanted to but i actually i i like this issue quite a bit i i thought it was a cute issue it was heart. It was heartwarming. Um, tale of two birds because one is half bird, half man as a as a Naramani, and um, and the other one is a pilot, so also a bird in that way. I thought it was charming that the grandfather wanted one more flight before he lost his vision, and um, instead got to meet this amazing person and and see what it was like to fly into the stars, which was probably like one of his dream come true. Like that was very sweet. And I guess he's technically not his grandson, especially after the X-Men Legends reveal that he is, in fact, a a brother of the Summers, but by Catherine's, not, 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 not Christopher Summers, (laughs) not, not Corsair, not Zaddy Corsair. So it's at this point, they it seems like the writers were still on board to reveal him as a Summers brother, because why would they do all this with the Summers family and the, the hints of Philip saying, you look so familiar. Um, also keeping Scott away from meeting him to like prolong that mystery. And I mm-hmm. guess, and it's nice to like see that he was still reading this issue that that was still the plan, because I think that would have been interesting. Um, and then at some point it dropped. But. And when Philip looks at him, you know, I know Philip's it's supposed to be Philip's vision that's going but Adam X has like three images of himself there. So, yeah. you know, third Summer's brother, the imagery is like, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, no, it's yeah. there. And, and that's very clever art by Terry Dodson. I think Terry Dodson, the art felt a little rushed to me here. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this looks like a low budget Terry Dodson. But actually it was Terry Dodson. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I, I've come to really love the Dodson's work in recent in recent years so 
I really liked it, but I think it looked the, the art style was a little flimsy for me at times, but I liked those subtle nuances that they did. And there the were some itself. giant plot holes. And I don't know if you noticed this too, because Adam X discovered Philip and was able to run several miles to get him, but then struggled and took days to get back to where he started. Like, yeah. where was he when he saw the plane go down? He couldn't have been in the middle of Alaska because he had some start to his destination. It just was weird that as soon as he got to the plane, now he's suddenly lost and he can't get back to, to safety. So that was a weird plot hole. Um, within a scene, there was a moment where he took him into a tent. They got naked and warm. And then the next scene, they're back outside of the tent, fully clothed, staring at the stars. And I'm just thinking, get back inside. Like, while you're having hypothermia. Why, why did you go back out into the snow to look at the stars? It, it, it was weird. It, I had to, like, relook at that scene because I was so thrown off by it. I mean, he's holding Philip as if he's Mary and that's Jesus. You know what I mean? That famous, like, shot there. I... Yeah. And then he gets a bright idea to give a blood transfusion. A warm, a fire set blood transfusion. Yeah. To, to a, a weirdly, weirdly jacked, like 80 year old man. Um, And, you know, Adam X's powers are obviously to heat up people's blood uh, because it was the nineties and that was extreme. Um, So he gives him some of his blood and kind of cooks him from the inside a little bit. Um, yeah, but not too well done because he survives. <laughs> so the way I read it was he is supposed to light your f- exposed blood on fire, but he was able to dial it down so much that it just kind of warmed up his blood instead. Yeah, I mean, that's sort of that's what I thought too. Yeah. I mean, I think his powers are nebulous at best. I don't, I, I love my boy Adam X, he is number two on my list. But I don't, I'm not going to pretend to say I understand his powers. Do we, either of you uh, read or watch My Hero Academia? I don't. Yeah. There is a character called Stain, I believe, who has such a similar power. But if he can expose your blood and taste it, he gets um, your, either your, he cancels your powers for the, t- for the amount of time that he, or the amount of blood that he drinks of you. And I just like, I remember so such a convoluted power. I was like, this is very Adam X. And the issue makes reference to the rogue miniseries, which Scott, that's something that's been referred to multiple times yeah. in our reads of, of leading up to Legion quest. Mm-hmm. And of course, in that Cody dies and, you know, it's a sequel to the Gambit series. So Belladonna plays a role in, in, in Cody's death. But now Belladonna in that one random interlude is now head of the Thieves Guild and she is going to get revenge on Gambit. I, you know, I am obviously a big X-Men fan. We're doing a whole podcast about it, but I had to go back and just like Wikipedia, the whole like Assassin's Guild, Thieves Guild thing because this is just stuff I try to burn out of my memory and like this was a very convoluted like gambit plot with like his his secret wife that he didn't tell rogue about and it's just like if i was confused by this interlude and like i don't know how casual readers like picking this up would just be confused by this like secret guild funeral that's happening in the middle of new orleans like just (laughs) fyi 
They also took away her like fancy uh, Bo Derek braided be- beaded braids. Yeah. Gave her a yeah. cap. I think it was a helmet, but to me, it looked like she shaved her head. So that was throwing me off too. And it was a little bit of the art was not great in that moment. It was rushed. I mean, again, some of the art here is rushed. Even that scene with Legion, and this is why it's part of the Age of Apocalypse read, because he has yeah. just left Tel Aviv. He's in the middle of the desert, and he is now setting into motion his his big master plan. Uh, and he sees Destiny there, and, and the art just looks a little all over the place there. And Destiny's proportions seem like not human. Like she just seems really far off. And I know she has a big helmet that makes her look like an alien. So <laughs> I couldn't tell because there's these little crystal figurines, which I want to talk about in a second. I couldn't tell if she was as big as the, if, if she was as small as the crystal yeah. figures or if the yeah. crystals were as big as her. Like, the, yeah, the perspective was really thrown off. But also, I, like, I want to talk about yeah. what's the no, deal no, with the crystal figures? Because he found one in his bed once, and now he found the whole set in the desert. I don't. I know thought what... it was the Mcron stuff or the Macron, mm-hmm. how it crystallized the universe. But is that like foreshadowing that everything was going to become pink crystal? I don't know, Scott. Do you know he's been seeing these crystals since our very first read, <laughs> and they just seem to manifest at his whim. They were present when he woke up from his coma. He yeah. was holding them and they seem to be associated with destiny here. I thought it was a little on the nose when it, they were like, it's crystal clear what you need. I'm like, Oh, that's why he has the crystals there. It's like he's building a chess set and he's like slowly collecting all the pieces. But yeah. I agree with what you said. This is probably foreshadowing the imagery of the M crystal when it comes to devour the universe and everyone gets crystallized. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, looked at it as foreshadowing the crystals mm. um because otherwise i i don't entirely know why he's making these crystal line um figurines if it's not foreshadowing yeah. uh it's just a lot of coincidence listen i think what we've seen with age of apocalypse is that editorially they planned for this this was not something that they just decided to do on a whim or it was a hard reboot. They wanted something that was going to carry over. So, you know, he that's a great scene with Legion. And this is worth noting. This is the last book before Legion Quest. Legion Quest initially picks up in our next read. Right. So it's, it's, nice to, it's nice to have seen Legion's progress from waking up in Tel Aviv to this point right mm-hmm. here. Also, shout out to Destiny, who's having like the best week ever. If you read this issue today and then you're also reading Inferno week to week, she's just she's so important again. And we forget that. No, but Jason, we we, we were talking about this, too. Like Destiny seems to have always been important. Like she's been dead for like five years at this point, you know, in the real world yeah. time. And then we're obviously going to get the Destiny's diaries as a yeah. plot and then Inferno. So and, and Destiny's diaries go all the way up to like Messiah Complex. Yeah, right. She, yeah. And then she comes back in Necrotia and Chaos War. So she comes back for those two as well. So Destiny always has a presence in the book and she's always been there. And again, that's to Hickman's genius where he was here like, this is a character that has been rooted here. She has size to Mystique. Let me work with this. Like he really did understand X-Men history. Yeah, he wove that really well. But yes, Can Destiny we, uh... is an apparition here. Yeah. Yeah. So can, can we just talk about the last page though with uh, the the layers upon layers of 
1990s video surveillance um, <laughs> with 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 the first one that I think is Eric is Eric the Red. I almost um, want to say it's High Evolutionary. Okay, I was going to say Eric the Red, but I'll do High Evolutionary. It would make sense that High Evolutionary is watching them, and then the High Evolutionary's teacher is watching him. Oh, really? I thought I thought it was definitely sinister. The last one was definitely sinister. Well, sure. Yeah, you can see the uh, the bits of like Central's cape for sure. Yeah. Well, why would Eric the Red? Because this is post. Did the Shi'ar come back and do something to the Summers? I think the Shi'ar come back in X Men Forty One. I think X, I think Eric the Red, and because Adam oh, okay. X has ties to the Shi'ar and Shi'ar. all that. Okay, that's why I was thinking. But I like High Evolutionary. It has never been answered. This this is just pure speculation. And even in the X Men Legends issue with Adam X, they still homage this right here. So yeah. we'll never get an answer for this. Also. Eric the Red is Magneto. He is Cyclops, and he is actually a Shi'ar, um, you know, emissary. Like, it, did someone just find his costume and put it on? Like, I always thought that was so weird. Is he a real character or is he not? Okay, but how hot is Cyclops when he's Eric the Red? <laughs> I want a figure of that. One of Marvel Legends of specifically Cyclops as Eric the Red. I mean, I remember seeing that. It was in one in, in one of the older X Men issues, and my little day spring was very happy to see him in that <laughs> costume. <laughs> Viking S and M gear. It was like okay, um, I take it back. It's, I, I'm going to say that it is Eric Thread. It makes much more sense. Yeah, but that was so cool. But it's so petty to be like Sinister, always having to have the last word, the upper hand, the the aha uh, scene, scenery chewing moment to be like, but I'm watching you, like. I just love him for that. I love him for that. He's so theatrical and so campy and over the top. So yeah. I'm going to say my least favorite thing about this issue was our God Queen Jean Grey. Oh. I think she came across so daft. And so she's mourning her sister and she's not paying attention to Hank, which fuck Hank going around talking about everyone's business. So much like, tea. Like why? You know what fucking Dark Beast would have done? He would have murdered everyone. Oh. Yeah. who was happy and then use their genetic samples to clone them and, you know, service <laughs> like whatever plot. But here's Hank being like, Oh, did you hear what's going on with Betsy Warren and then Rogan Gambit? And by the way, editorially, they have pushed this Rogan Gambit story so much in this era. And I guess that makes sense because they were so popular, yeah. but Jean is there. She's thinking about her sister who's dead, Sarah, who died in the phalanx covenant. So that makes sense that she would still be reeling from this and also coming back from the future since her honeymoon. But she she looks at Cyclops and, and after finding out that Philip has gone MIA, like he's, he's really upset. And she's here like, no, honey, he's going to be fine. He just has to be. And then yeah. at the end of the issue, after she telepathically links Adam X with, 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 with Philip, she's here like, everything's going to be great. I'm like, no, Philip is blind in the bed. <laughs> yeah. He has a lot of rehab ahead of himself. And aren't yeah. you going to ask who was this stranger who gave him a blood transfusion? Like someone get nurse Annie in here to like literally scold them yeah. about what's going on here. What was also out of character is she went from being like dejected and upset over her sister and not wanting to play around with beasts to like smiling and hugging Scott and being like, that's why we found each other because we're the perfect mates. Like, cause I can't read your mind and you, and you are so blocked off, whatever it was like, she her characterization flipped from panel to panel so much. 
I think she just really didn't want to pay attention to Beast and she just made up. <laughs> she's like, oh yeah, my dead sister. When <laughs> Beast jumped in and I knew I was going to be on this episode, I was like, oh my God, we're going to have to talk about. Because he's a fucking crazy, so problematic. And what the fuck is he wearing? He's wearing like an apron <laughs> with one of those like watches That's... that you would get a Hot Topic. Like, uh, uh, I, okay. Uh, First of all, I had one of those watches, so respect that. I did too. <laughs> I'm not hating on it, but I'm also not like a middle aged sociopath, like gossiping about my coworkers. Well, well my yeah. no, my my favorite part of this is like it's only it's very soon after the previous issue that we read, where Warren and Betsy uh, have finally like gotten together. So like this was probably like Warren coming back. And like see, meeting his old friend Hank and being like the first person that Hank he finds is just like, oh, Hank, I got some like great news, but like you can't tell anyone. Like Betsy and I are like together. And Hank's just like, okay, I'm not going to tell anyone. And then he just like gossip ass Hank McCoy runs off and tells everybody to Gene because he's always had a thing for Gene. So he is literally right. trying to win her affections even still. And by the way, and Scott, again, that the, the first chapter we read, who came to Hank for help? Bobby. Bobby right. came to hang for help. He didn't care. And Beast was like, oh, no, what are you talking yeah. about? Oh, sorry. Exactly that, Jason. Like, he didn't care. And yeah. now now he all of a sudden has all the time in the world. Legacy what, virus? And <laughs> he needs to, like, gossip. Did You're you, like, right. Like, what a fucking crazy motherfucker. And, like, his friend literally came to him. His friend, Bobby, who we have seen has had such a journey, is so complex. I will say, out of all the issues we've read, Bobby is the most complex character came to Hank McCoy and Hank totally ignored him. And here he is. So I don't know. Fuck beast. He he should have just gone straight to Gene. Gene could have just outed him much earlier. And (laughs) we could have avoided the whole problem. You know, I mean, she goes into Adam X's brain later and, you know, it's just like, well, Gene always has a thing with like consent here because I'm like, okay, Adam wants to show Philip his thoughts. But does Philip want someone in his head? Does he want to see that? There's no, we can assume in the millisecond, Gene verifies all that, of course. But still, Gene is very ballsy. It's like, yeah, here's my father-in-law. He just found out he's going blind, barely survived this car crash, or excuse me, plane crash. And now I'm going to telepathically link his mind to a stranger. Yeah. What the fuck and is wrong just, with oh, you? Well, well, you know, thanks for sharing that, Adam. Oh, by the way, you're straight. Just in case you were wondering. <laughs> <laughs> Verified. Verified you're straight. <laughs> she always just checks for that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, um, I do. I have one more fashion thing to say, which is Cyclops's Scott's outfit at the beginning before they get they go look for his grandfather. I don't know what he's he's wearing, like stained sweatpants or they have holes in them. I, and it's from panel to panel. There, he looks very like dirty. Do you see this? Hang on, I'm going to it. Give me one. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. What's up with that? Yeah. At first, I thought it was the blowing leaves, but when you flip the page again, there's even more spots on the next one where he's giving the hug. Oh. I, I don't know what the editorial choice was there. You know, but it's like he went to like the clothing section at like Sears or something, and he bought like the shirt and the matching pants. You know what I mean? Because it's the yeah. same pattern on the shirt and everything. It's when people used to wear those like cuffed sweatpants over like giant high tops. It's not a good look. I can fail. Oh, yeah. but you see, he's wearing a nice watch though. He's wearing like a Roly. Like <laughs> at least he's topic. got style. Not from Hot <laughs> Topic. Like Jesus, Beast. <laughs> Beast and- is dressed like Mario from like Mario Brothers. Yeah. <laughs> 
I just don't understand. What is he wearing with these overalls? <laughs> oh, but do you know who Jean is dressed as? Mary uh, Jane from the Spider-Man series. Very much. I just very much watch. the yellow yeah. with the purplish pants. Yes. She's got the red hair. If I was a casual reader, I'd be like, what the fuck is Mary Jane doing here? <laughs> and she doesn't look too much like Jean to be. And her eyes are blue here, not green. Uh-uh. But she doesn't look too much like Jean herself. I don't know. I feel like the panels with Jean Scott and Beast, th- that's some of where I think the art looks really nice, especially when they kiss. Yeah, like right here. Heart. I think it's yeah. very beautiful. But it doesn't look like Jean in my as a crazy Jean stand. I'm going to say it doesn't look like her. Yeah. Not the best issue. Like I said, not a lot happened, but it was a cute moment with uh, Adam X. I thought it was cute. I liked it. I was coming in ready to read it to filth. And I actually was like, you know what? I really like this. So yeah. I'm going to say yeah. it was good. It's 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 pretty self-contained. Um, got a couple moments that were a little like, whoa, what was what was that? But, uh, you know, I think overall it was a nice like summer's family story without you know, a lot of like drama or anything, which was a nice change. Um, yeah, it was good for what it was. Yeah. You know, I think all of these issues that we've read, the stories, I've always been perplexed editorially. What was their approach for this? Because again, they are rebooting everything. And I wonder had they had some stories planned out for issues and they just inserted the Legion stuff. And then the, the books would pause for what, four or five months for Age of Apocalypse, which began in December 1994, December 27th, 1994. And I think if I'm doing my math correctly, that is when this episode is going to air. So we are airing on a day that Age of Apocalypse started back in 1994. Very cool. What a Christmas present. I know. Well, what a Christmas present for you, Jason, to be here (laughs) on such an anniversary. Thank you. You know, I listened to uh, Final Thoughts just about Age of Apocalypse. I listened to Jay and Miles explain the X-Men, one of my favorite podcasts. And uh, they they are actually doing Age of Apocalypse right now, too. And, and Miles always says his life was over when he went to the comic book store and found out all of his five favorite issues were um, gone, replaced by different books. And it seemed like it was going to be forever. And he would just like he hated every book. He said, this is the worst thing ever. There's no end in sight. And he had no idea because there was no Internet that this was a temporary change because it was going on for so long. I just I was not reading comics week to week back then, but I would love to have felt that feeling of astonishment of like what is happening to the comic book world? Like every single thing is different. Like my favorite character is Cable. Where did he go? He's just gone. Like no more. So it, yeah, it was a ballsy move to do this, I think. And it, it paid yeah. off when you look back, but I'm sure there was a lot of perplexed people. Yeah, we we have an unaired interview with Scott Lobdell and mm-hmm. he talked about going in and pitching that. And it was completely like a big question mark. And there's also rumors that it got started with the Lee Waltz pitching one man's worth because they had come in to pitch seasons three to five of the X-Men animated series. And then Bob Harris took that idea, ran with it. But Scott Lobdell says no. That wasn't it. And, uh, and followed up with me afterwards when he was on Instagram <laughs> and demanded to know who, 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 who said that. Cause he had never, we'll known. never know. So we'll never know. We'll never but know. I think we have that same wonder with the Krokoan age. Yeah. I think the X-Men have our front and center again, regardless of if the, some of the titles are stagnant right now. I think the Krokoan age is adding to the wonder 
of of, of comics. Well, think about when they lived in, on Alcatraz or lived outside of San Francisco. We just assumed that Utopia. was forever. Utopia. Yeah. That that ended in the um, what do they call that? Like a return to like a return to normalcy. A return. Yeah. They, you know, the X Men suffered for a couple years there. I, you know, we we've all felt it. I'm glad that regardless of how we feel about the stories, Krakoa and X Men are there. And and if I I don't see an end in sight. I don't think it's going to end. I think this is a new status quo for years to come. Even if it does end, I think that there's going to be characters and plot lines and character development that cannot be erased. Like you, you cannot take back what, unless, and this is my big thing, Moira dies one more time. Yeah. And then we just open up a book issue one and it's like, this is the 11th life. Get used to it. Yeah. And that would be very like new 52 esque. Um, yeah, I, I think that's that's too problematic though from an editorial like you said with the new fifty two. Sure. Um just because Krakoa's bled over into non-X-Men books, it's not contained. Like yeah. the Devil's Reign is starting now, Emma's appearing in that, and that's more of a kingpin street level focused book. And it's like even Krakoa is appearing in some capacity in like Daredevil and Daredevil sort. Like how do you Here's the only way it would work. Box. The only way it would work is if Moira died one more time, did everything the same right up until the Krakoan Island nation was established and then said, but now I'm going to change one thing and we're going to go in a different direction. So it would be as if we backtracked to two years ago, right before Krakoa started and we kept the books going from there. But what I'm happy about is that we do have an answer that if Moira dies, the entire timeline gets rebooted. Sure. They, we, for a long, for the longest time, we all wondered: Does the timeline still continue after she um, dies? You know, but no. Now we know that she dies. It's it's the end. It's not an alternate reality that the timeline gets rebooted. Right. So it's boom. So yeah, Age of Apocalypse was a reskinning of 616 it was just an alternate history it was not a future or an alternate universe it was 616 it was supposed to be found out when they returned to it that it was still running in the the 10th anniversary yep so anyways so jason thank you for being our first guest i'm so honored thank you for having me of course where can the folks at home find you i mean everyone knows if they're listening to this podcast (laughs) they know where to find you find me at most active on Instagram, Nerd Alert Cosplay. If you want to follow my uh, trashy personal life, it's not just a nerd. Also on, on Instagram. Um, I am a burgeoning TikTok star. Uh, don't at me. Um, <laughs> but also Nerd Alert Cosplay there. Wait, but the photo you posted today of being person of the year. <laughs> iconic. Thank you. Thank you. Literally, my mouth was just like, when I saw it. <laughs> I love it. I love a good Photoshop. Folks, you can find me at Power of X-Men on Instagram, and I am dabbling on Twitter, so I apologize for everyone who has to see my tweets, namely you, Scott, because you're so supportive. Thank you for retweeting me and liking my stuff. Thank you. Thank you for being a great cause. I, I try. And you can find me at uh, both Instagram and Twitter, Mr. Scott Free. It's nerd stuff and elements of my sad personal life. So uh, you can find it all, all there. All right, folks, and we'll see you next week. Well, thanks, Sugar. The Age of Apocalypse is now over, and we'll see you next time.